ambition about it No competition, they ain't got it like you got it So I forever keep it solid Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And if you do me a favor, please subscribe to whoever you're listening. Please subscribe to whoever you're watching. It definitely means a lot to me. When the Cleveland Browns made the decision to pick up or get Deshaun Watson, one of the biggest, I'm not going to say question marks, but everyone and their mama knew that Baker Mayfield's time in Cleveland was over. The only question was, where was he going? Uh, he also requested a trade, if people don't remember. So we knew that the writing was for sure on the wall for Baker Mayfield. And we didn't know where he was going. Like I said, there was, I mean, for a second, people were talking about Washington. People were talking about he could go to Seattle. There was there was reports saying, you know, he could go to... to he, he, the market was high. Let me not say that. I don't. So here's the thing about the NFL markets. When they know something has to happen, no one's going to make moves. And what I mean by that is no one's going to trade for something when you no one's going to trade for a player when they know that just wait it out. Uh, once you wait it out, the, the asking price could go down or they could just cut the player so you don't have to charge anything. So we knew that Baker Mayfield was going to go somewhere. We just didn't know where. Well, as we speak today, Baker Mayfield has finally been traded. He got traded to the Panthers for, I think, like a six-round pick or something. Um, first and foremost... Again, we knew Baker Mayfield was going to get traded. You just didn't. I mean, again, the two teams that we heard most about was the Panthers and the Seattle Seahawks. Of course, the Seattle Seahawks, because they, you know, they traded away Russell Wilson. And right now, I think their quarterback one is Drew Locke. And as the the Broncos figured out, if Drew Locke is your number one quarterback, you don't have a quarterback. First and foremost, I'm happy for Baker Mayfield. <laughs> I know, I know. What? I'm happy. Let me not say, I ain't no Baker Mayfield hater, but I'm happy for Baker Mayfield. I'm happy because you can tell that he just needed to get away from Cleveland. Now, some of that was self-imposed, but he just needed to get away from Cleveland. And with the acquisition of Deshaun Watson, you knew that it it was pretty much over with from there, which is actually why he requested a trade. And you didn't know where he was going to go. You can kind of feel this. You kind of, I'm starting to feel the same way a little bit about Jimmy Garoppolo, even though I know that he's going to end up somewhere. But I kind of feel good for Cle- Baker Mayfield. It just seemed like he needed a, a change of scenery. Now, let's, be, let's, let's have an honest conversation about Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield is a good quarterback. Good. That's it. He's not a great quarterback. He's had he's had great moments. I mean, when he beat when he he beat the Steelers in the playoffs, but I think a lot of that was Big Ben throwing the ball all over the place. But he had great moments. 
But he's not a great player. Now, of course, he can develop and become a great player. But but Baker Mayfield is not a great player. He's a good player. Now, the problem with that is kind of the same thing that we talk about with, with Andrew Wiggins. When you're drafted number one, you're not drafted to be a good player. You're drafted to be a franchise-changing player. And Baker Mayfield was not that for the Cleveland Browns, which is why a lot of people – if Baker Mayfield was drafted, I don't know, the 30th, if he was drafted 16th, if he was drafted in this, the second round, the leash for Baker Mayfield would be a lot longer than it was because he was drafted number one. Same thing with Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins was putting up good numbers in Minnesota. The problem is he wasn't putting up number one overall numbers, and he wasn't winning, especially when you look and you have also a number one overall pick in Carl Anthony Towns. So when it, there's, there is some pressure, not some, there is a lot of pressure when it comes to that number one overall pick. And it, in my opinion, at least so far, Baker Mayfield has not lived up to that. Now, you go from Cleveland to, to, to Carolina. And let's – this is – to me, this is a slam dunk for Carolina. First and foremost, the Sam Darnold experience has not worked. I will be the first to say I was wrong about Sam Darnold. I've said that before. I will say it again. I thought it was a scenery thing with Sam Darnold. I thought nobody can really succeed playing under the situation that he was playing when he was in – the Jets or with the Jets and I thought going to a team that has a good offensive line that has good pieces in the run, a wide receiver position also bringing Robbie Anderson with him I thought Sam Darnold was going to be great I thought that this was going to be a rejuvenation for Sam Darnold I was wrong <laughs> Sam Darnold has been god-awful and he's been so bad that they brought in Cam Newton now I know Sam Darnold was also injured but they brought in Cam Newton, who had a really good first, what, game, first two games, but hasn't didn't really pan out. I feel the same way about Baker Mayfield that I feel about Sam Darnold as much as I think this is great for Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield has a lot. I mean, you go. Let me say this, though. While I feel the same way for Baker Mayfield, saying I think he just needed a new scenery, a uh, new change of scenery, Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold is not in the same position. And what do I mean by that? Sam Darnold had absolutely nothing outside of Robbie Anderson in the uh, in New York. The organization was a trash organization. It had a trash. It had an okay history, but it had a trash current. Um, he didn't have a good defense. He didn't have a good offense. He didn't really have anything good. You can't say that for Baker Mayfield in Cleveland. Yes, Cleveland has had a terrible history. And yes, Baker Mayfield has had what four, three or four or five coaches since he's been in the, since he's been in the league. However, Cleveland has one of the best offensive lines in the league. Cleveland has Kareem Hunt. Cleveland has uh, Nick Chubb. Cleveland has Peoples Jones. People had, you know, he had Odell Beckham Jr. He had uh, Jarvis Landry. He had pieces. Ninjaku. I think the lack of success 
in in Cleveland was more on Baker Mayfield than the lack of success that Sam Darnold had. Let me say this. Sam Darnold was bad. <laughs> He's been bad all around. But I do think that when the lack of success that he saw well, that he didn't see in New York was a lot due to the organization. I think for Baker Mayfield outside of the coaches, I mean Kevin Savansky won coach of the year. So I, I do think that a lot of that was Baker Mayfield. Now, with all that being said, I do think it was good for the Panthers to get Baker Mayfield. I think that again, you have a good offensive line. A very improved offensive line. We're going to see what happens with Christian McCaffrey. If Christian McCaffrey can stay on the field and stay healthy, he's a dynamic. He could argue he's arguably the best running back in the league if when he's healthy. And shouts out to Joy Taylor, I think. Yeah, shouts out to Joy Taylor. Just as you know, P.S. Small tidbit. When you have to say when healthy, you're automatically an injury prone. Like when you have to say Anthony Davis is great when healthy. Uh, Christian Christian McCaffrey's great when healthy. Like those are injury prone players. So shouts out to Joy Taylor for that. But you have you know DJ Moore. You have Robbie Anderson. You have some really and you have a good defense now. We, the 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 jury is still out on Matt Rule, but you have you have all the pieces for success for Baker Mayfield. Now it's just him succeeding. Baker Mayfield has a bad turnover problem. Hopefully that's able to be rectified in his in, in new space. But this move signals signals a lot of things for for three teams actually. You're probably thinking three three teams. For the Panthers it means that they're going in a different direction, even though they don't want to say it. And they, they're really I know that if you go on you know, ESPN, if you go on Fox Sports one, they're going to they're going to. They're, they're going to explain to you and lament to you that this is a quarterback battle. Let me tell you this. If this is a quarterback battle. Baker Mayfield has some problems. Baker Mayfield is not the guy. If, if you can't come in and be and beat out Sam Darnold, the same Sam Darnold that we saw th- this entire, if we if you can't come out, if it's a real, if it's a legit quarterback battle between him and Sam Darnold, then there's really no hope for success in Carolina with Baker Mayfield. You should not come in and have. There's a reason why they tra- they they wanted you so bad. Now, the reason why it took so long is cuz they weren't trying to give up a lot. They wanted to, you know, reduce his salary, which I think they they ended up doing that. But if there's a quarterback battle between Baker Mayfield and this this Sam Darnold that we've seen, then it's it's a failed. It's it's dead on arrival. It don't matter. There's no unless which I don't foresee it because if somebody tells you who they are, believe them. If You've been in the league this long and you haven't really changed like that. Now, of course, it could happen. But it's very rare that you're just going to up in and be a great quarterback. I'm talking about you, Sam Darnold. So if Sam Darnold or Donald, whatever you want, Sam Donald, if he just elevates and just becomes incredible, then I understand. But if Baker Mayfield, if you come in and it is a quarterback battle and you're in and it is a neck and neck, it's it's no hope for, for the Panthers. No hope. No hope for the Panthers. No hope for for Baker Mayfield. But 
This should give Baker Mayfield a fresh start, an organization that clearly wants him, seeing as though they traded for him. And you have new weapons, you have nice weapons, and, and, and you just have new beginnings. So this 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 spells, you know, hopefully hopefully this can I, I'm sure that this is Matt Rule's job's on the line as well. If you couldn't work with Sam Darnold and 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 hopefully you can work with Baker Mayfield. If you can't, I'm sure he's out of here. It also means that it's probably over with for Cam Newton, at least in Carolina. And when you listen to a lot of the stuff that he says, you know, with the, with the podcast stuff that he's he's been on podcast tour. Shouts out to him. If you want to come on the pop of the podcast, you're always welcome, brother. But the podcast tour, he's pretty much saying he's been in effed up situations. You know, he's he's went to uh, he he caught COVID when he was with New Orleans, or New New England. He went in the middle of the season to uh, to Carolina. I understand that, but. Now, if you look, if he goes to a team, it's going to be short notice yet again. It, the, the real question is, can Cam Newton be a backup? Now, I know he says all the right things, and he says he can be a backup, but, you know, you just have to – you don't know. You don't know. And, uh, with a person with the presence like Cam Newton, it's it's hard, especially when you've been a rookie of the year. You've been an MVP. It, it's tough, so I don't know. But, but this does spell, hopefully, or at least the Panthers hope – that getting Baker Mayfield, this is a new age for Carolina, and, and they're moving in the Baker Mayfield direction. For Cleveland, they it's it's done. You have your, all your baskets in the Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. We understand the accusations. We understand what's going on. We understand that it's it's he's going to be missing some games. We know this, and it's just a matter of how many games. But you're praying for this. You know, you have Jacoby Brissett. While he is a glorified backup quarterback, he has one, he does have a winning record when he is a starting or starting quarterback. And winning cures everything in sports. No, it doesn't absolve people from what they're doing. But I put money. What the what the what the Cleveland Browns organization is hoping, what Deshaun Watson is hoping, is that once he's able to get on the field, once he's able, hopefully he starts winning, or hopefully for him, they hope they start winning games, that all this is going to blow over. Now, I'm not in the camp of thinking it's going to blow over, but that's what they're hoping. They they have they hope that they have the quarter. They pay this man the most guaranteed money in NFL history. They hope he ha- they have their free, their future in Deshaun Watson. And I also said there was a third team. And I told you, if Drew Locke is your starting quarterback, if Geno Smith is your, if the Geno Smith is in contention to be your starting quarterback, you have such, you have problems. I told you guys, and, and, and one of the running themes here is incompetency. No, I'm not saying that my podcast is incompetent. What I'm saying is, we talk about incompetency a lot. One thing that I don't say a lot, and one thing that I do actually say a lot, is winning cures all. You see, some people don't know they're incompetent until you're knee-deep in it. Seattle. You lose Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson ain't no run-of-the-mill quarterback. Russell Wilson is a top 10 quarterback in the league. 
closer to the season, I'm going to give my top 10 quarterbacks in the league currently. But he's a top 10 quarterback in the league. You lose him and you get Drew Locke, a quarterback that is famous not for his play on the field, not even for his play in college. He's famous for lip syncing a young Jeezy verse on the sideline. That is your quarterback. I will tell you this now. Baker Mayfield is better than Geno Smith. Baker Mayfield is better than Drew Locke. And as we clearly see from what the Browns, I mean, what the Panthers had to give up, he's, he wasn't worth a lot on the trade market. Not because he wasn't good, but because everyone knew that he needed to go. So why did you not try harder to get Baker Mayfield? Do you not understand? They don't. They should. You see, Seattle before Russell Wilson and Seattle after Russell Wilson is about to be bad. Was bad. People don't realize Seattle used to be one of the worst franchises in NFL in the NFL, along with Cleveland. Hell, along with Carolina before. Well, Carolina's also been always been okay. The Seahawks, they winning, winning. Not only does it, uh, not only does winning cure all. Winning puts blinders on. The success that they had with Russell Wilson allowed them to forget what it looks like not having a competent quarterback. Well, they're going to figure out. They're going to find out quickly. They're going to remember quickly. So. Shouts out to Baker Mayfield. Shouts out to the Panthers. Shouts out to Cleveland. Shouts out to Seattle. Baker Mayfield is now a Carolina Panther. And honestly, I think that if this doesn't work, we'll have a conversation about what's next for Baker. So, but I'm one of the, I hope that it does work. I don't want to see anybody's downfall. I hope that it does work. Moving forward, let's have a, let me, hey, this is, this is, I'm talking to you, Brooklyn. I'm going to tell you something. Actually, it's not just Brooklyn. I'm going to tell the league something. I understand that the market changes on players. And I understand that the market a lot of times get dictated by one or two moves. And right now, the market for Kevin Durant is based on two things. One, Kevin Durant is a top five player in this league. And two, you're looking at the Rudy Gobert trade and and the haul that Utah got for Rudy Gobert. Let me tell you something, Brooklyn. Now, all of these, a lot of these could be false. A lot of these could be fake. But a lot of the reports that we're hearing is Brooklyn is asking for some monumental, monumental packages for Kevin Durant. One of the ones that I believe is confirmed because ESPN is reporting it was they asked for Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards. I think one more player and four draft picks for Kevin Durant. All right. 
first and foremost, let's not get it twisted. Kevin Durant is still Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is still, like I said, a top three, top five player in this league. In a lot of people's eyes, he's the best player in the league currently. And and I also understand that if you trade for Kevin Durant right now, you should know what you're getting. Hopefully, you're getting four years of Kevin Durant, which, you know, is a lot. I also understand that Kevin Durant did come out and say that you know his top two destinations was uh, Phoenix and Miami, which kind of make it complicated for anybody else. Like, all right, well, if are we going to trade for a player that's already come out and said that he wants to go to certain teams and we aren't on that list? I get that, but you have to understand. Brooklyn. There's no way in heaven to hell. Now, I saw this report. It could be true. It could be false. I do not know. But this is just what I saw. And I'm going to speak on what I saw. There's no way you can think that you're getting LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Kendrick Nunn, and four first-round picks for Kevin Durant. So, so it's going to be Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook. You know what I think's happening, honestly? I think Brooklyn does not want to trade him. I know Brooklyn doesn't want to trade him. We know this. This is Kevin Durant. You don't, in one offseason, you don't want to lose Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, especially after getting them just three years prior or two, year, two three years prior. But to me, this is a clear-cut sign that they're trying everything in their power not to trade him. Because we know how great Kevin Durant is. We also understand the trade that Minnesota and Utah did for Rudy Gobert. Or Gobert, whatever you want to call him. But this is a good tactic. I know what this tactic is. I know you're asking for a lot to get Kevin Durant. But I also understand that I believe Brooklyn understands what they're asking for. And I believe Brooklyn also understands that a lot of times teams are going to say no. There's no way you think that you're getting your the team's two top players plus another player plus four picks. Again, Kevin Durant may be worth that, but teams aren't going to do that for four years of Kevin Durant. So Brooklyn can go to Kevin Durant and be like, yo, Kevin, we tried. We went to every team. We asked them. Every team said no. Every team said they're not interested, which then kind of forces Kevin Durant's hand to be like, all right, am I either going to A, stay with this team, or am I going to B, hold out? I think that they're trying to play the PR game because they we understand what it looks like if Kevin Durant holds out, especially, you know, the 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 title that a lot of people have given him since moving from OKC to Golden State. So they, they're playing the PR game, in my opinion. They know there's no way in heaven or hell the Minnesota Timberwolves, especially the Minnesota Timberwolves that just gave up or just traded for Rudy Gobert, there's no way they're going to give up Anthony Edwards, their young top pick uh, in what two, uh, last year, two years ago draft, Carl Anthony Towns, who they just gave an extension to, and four draft picks. There's no way that they're going to just shell out their future for one player. Yes, I think Kevin Durant is 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 worth a huge haul. Do not get me wrong. Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant. 
But I think they're playing the game where they know they're asking for a lot, which then it's going to it's to me is tainting the market for Kevin Durant, not saying that his talent is not worth it. But now teams are going to get salty that you're asking for such an enormous package for this one player. So now it's going to taint the market. Now, that that's, that backfires for both. It backfires for Kevin Durant because now it's like, damn, it's you're kind of ruining my my trade value. Not saying his plays doing that, but just the sheer number of the sheer amount that they're asking for. Also, they understand, yo. Brooklyn knows. All right, so hopefully we don't have to trade him. Brook. At the end of the day, Brooklyn does not want to trade this. Do not. They do not want to put, trade Kevin Durant. We know this. So. Brooklyn knows what they're doing. I know what you're doing, Brent. Brooklyn, we're not going to stay on it for long, but I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. I understand it, but I know what you're doing. Come on now. Also, uh, Damian Lillard signed a two-year max extension or with Portland. I mean, there's, there's, there's a – I understand being loyal, I guess. And and I will say this, if I'm going to give it two years, which I think I'm going to give it two years, if Portland, because Portland has made some made some OK uh, moves this offseason, if Portland does not even look like a team that resembles a, any shot of doing anything in the playoffs, I think Damian Lillard's uh, loyalty meter is going to run out. But shouts out to Damian Lillard for signing the the extension. Definitely well worth it. Definitely, in my opinion, the second uh, win healthy, the second best. Uh, damn, I said win healthy with Damian Lillard. Does that mean he's injury prone? <laughs> the second best uh, point guard in the league when healthy. So shouts out to you, Dame. Um, and also, the big news that we heard uh, was James Harden taking a $15 million pay cut. I that's... I never will sell. I never thought I would say see the day where I told somebody that took fifteen million less dollars. It was a smart move. It was, this was a brilliant move for for James Harden. One, both for the team of Philly or for the Philly team and for him. One, for him. Let's let's just speak on him. James Harden has built a reputation at this point of blowing te- or of quitting on teams. He, you know, he, a lot of people are going to say he quit on Houston. A lot of people are going to say he quit on Brooklyn. So he is built up. He also has built up a reputation of not showing up in the playoffs. That happened in the NBA finals when he went to, when he was with OKC. He was not good in the NBA finals. That happened in Houston on several occasions. That happened in Brooklyn. And it also happened his first year in, in Philly. So that reputation has been built up for James Harden. So coming into going into this contract negotiation, the last thing you want to do is put out what the put put out on tape what you put out this playoffs, and then try to demand the max. Because if you do that, that completely hampers this or uh, the Philly team for, from being able to grow, being able to do anything. So. With him taking less money, he's already, he's already made millions upon millions upon millions, both on and off the court. So with him taking a paycheck, pay cut, he understands that this is this not only makes him look good in the eyes of Philly, 
but it gives Philly room to now then sign a PJ Tucker, now then sign quality players. So, because again, I'm not, I'm never going to say that a player's intent is not to win a championship, but it would look bad if we saw what we saw from James Harden this year's playoffs with Philly. And then he demands the max. He was eligible for the max, but then to say, no, I want the max after what we just saw would not be good for him. It also works for Philly. This, to me, this is the time. There, if you can't win with, I'm not even going to say, I'm not even going to say, I was, so one, Philly has something that no other team has, in my opinion, outside of maybe, Outside of maybe L.A. Lakers. No, they don't. Philly has something that nobody has. And that, when James Harden is right, that is a top five guard and a top five center. I can't think of another team that has that. And... It's not just a top five. You have a former all, former MVP in James Harden and a perennial MVP runner-up, an MVP candidate in, Jane, in Joel Embiid. You also have Tyrese Maxey, who has emerged as a really solid player. He, he kind of emerged. He's kind of playing. The, the, the role that Jordan Poole plays for Golden State is kind of the same role that Tyrese, Tyrese Maxey plays for Philly. This is the time. They know that this they they know that this is the time. Because it just it, it feels like that like if not now then when? That's the question. If not now then when? Because Joel Embiid's not people forget Joel Embiid has had a history of injury. Joel Embiid's not getting any younger. He's not getting any healthier. You have James Harden. We don't know how long that's going to – That's we, we. this is now or never. In my opinion, it's now or never. It's like if you don't win now with James Harden, with Joel Embiid, with, you know, acquiring P.J. Tucker, Daniel House, D'Anthony Melton, what, what's going to – you have uh, Tyrese Maxey, you have Tobias Harris. Like when is it going to – when is it going to happen? So with James Harden taking less money, now you can get a P.J. Tucker, you can get a DeAnthony Melton, and you can still make moves. So kind of how we how we talk about, um, I said that Brooklyn was, Brooklyn, the whole Brooklyn experience, not just because of James Harden, but he does play a part in that story. I think that Brooklyn was one of the most, the biggest disappointments in league history. I think that this Philadelphia team will be up there if they don't win a championship. Let alone, they've already won. They've already let alone win, make it to a championship. And I understand it's not going to be easy because you still have Milwaukee. You're going to see what happens with Toronto. Got to see what happens with Brooklyn if they do end up trading uh, KD. I understand that. Bro, uh, Boston just made it to the finals, so I understand it's not going to be easy. But again, you have something that none of those teams have. You have a top five when healthy, a t- or, 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 and when he's at his best, you have a top five guard in James Harden. You also have a top five center, and a lot of people say is the best center in the league 
in P in in uh Joel and B. If that that's something that bro uh that's something that Brooklyn can't say, that's something that Boston can't say, that's something that Toronto can't say, Milwaukee, even though Milwaukee does have uh Giannis, but that that's something that none of those teams can say. So if you do not at least make it to the NBA finals, and even if like think about that. What happens if they make it to the NBA finals? Like I can see the, the that would be a tough matchup if you if you go up against the Golden State. Golden State is still small. That's a tough matchup. That'll be a tough matchup going against a, a, a Clippers team. That's a tough matchup going against any team. So I'm not saying you have to win a championship, but you have to at least get to one. James Harden has not been to a has only been to one NBA Finals and been to what three, four Western Conference Finals. Joel Embiid, still early in his career, has never been to NBA Finals. Has ne- has only been to has never been to Western Conference Finals or Eastern Conference Finals. I'm sorry. Their best chance was against when they played Philly, and we know. I mean, not Philly. Uh, played Atlanta, and we know what happened there. So this is a smart move for James. This is a, this is a great move, a slam dunk move for Philly, and hopefully it, it needs to it needs to matriculate into at least uh NBA Finals appearance. So. Let's move forward. So there have been some really good free agency moves, and there have been some really head-scratching free agency moves, in my opinion. So what I want to do today, now I understand free, NBA free agency is not over with. I understand that there's still we still need to know what happens with Kyrie Irving. We still need, and even though he's not a free agent, we still need to know what happens with Kyrie. We still need to know what happens with uh, Kevin Durant. Uh, still need Russell Westbrook. There's still players that we know are going to be on the move or have been rumored to be on the move. And and once those happens, we'll talk about it. But what I want to do is I'm going to give my five best free agency moves that I've seen so far and the five worst that I've seen so far. Let's start with the best. Let's start with number five, Philly getting P.J. Tucker. Now, if you were to look just the age, just the age, I would have been like, yo, this move sucks. P.J. Tucker, I think, signed a three-year deal. P.J. Tucker signed a three-year, $33 million deal, and he's 37, meaning by the end of this contract, he'll be 40 years old. Now, I understand that Philly struggled defensively, especially on the perimeter last year, and, of course, that's something that P.J. Tucker can definitely rectify. So I think the toughness-wise, that works. And and it's not like you're asking P.J. Tucker to be a high flyer. It's not like you're asking P.J. Tucker to, to score 20, 15, even 10 points a game. So I do think it was a good move as far as, you know, P.J. Tucker's been to the NBA Finals once. He went to the Eastern Conference Finals just a year ago with Philly. I mean, with uh, Miami. I do think that it's going to bring toughness. It's going to bring defense to a team that is in desperate need of it in Philly. So I do like that move, even though I don't like the $33 million for three years to a 37-year-old. I also understand you're not asking him to be LeBron. You're not asking him to be a high flyer. You're asking him to bring toughness and defense, and that's something that he has been able to do. So that's number five. Number four, I have the Clippers getting John Wall. Now, this is predicated on John Wall staying healthy. This is predicated on, you know, what John Wall are we getting? I'm not expecting the 2016 John Wall. I'm not expecting that. But if John Wall 
can can be available, can be healthy, can be a rim runner and and be able to create for Paul George, create for Kawhi Leonard. To me, this is great. This is a slam dunk. If if he is anywhere close to his best, he's better than Reggie Jackson. He's better than any point guard that they would have on the on the roster. And I do like that. I do like it. It, it even his his ability to get you know coast to coast and get to the rim also will open up the floor for Paul George, for uh, a, a Kawhi Leonard, for a Luke Kennard players like that so it, it of course that's all predicated on and they didn't have to give much for him so that's all actually they didn't have to give anything because it was a buyout so this is all predicated on john wall being healthy and and getting close to i'm not going to say prime because that's unexpected especially with the lower extremity injuries that he's had but he looked good in the minimal minutes that he played or minimal time that he played for Houston. The problem was Houston just was in a full rebuild, and John Wall was too good for a full rebuild. So then it's like, yo, just just stay home. So I, I like the Clippers getting John Wall. That's number four. Number three, in a sneaky pick, a sneaky thing that a lot of people forgot was Portland getting Jeremy Grant. One of the running gags here is Portland does not know how to build a team around Damian Lillard. Yes, you had. CJ McCollum, but outside of that, you really didn't have much. Now you're starting to see, okay, they're they're actually they're actually doing some things. They're they you have to build a team around them. And I like what Portland's doing. You know, getting Jeremy Grant, who is a really good player. A lot of people don't watch Jeremy Grant like that because he was just in Detroit. Um, but Jeremy Grant is an is an incredible player. You also get Gary Payton the second uh for defense. You get the rookie Sharon Sh- or Shaden Sharp. I do like I love the pickup from Jeremy Grant. I do think that that's going to that's a a wing that can relieve the scoring pressure from Damian Lillard. Not saying that he's on the same level as Damian Lillard is scoring, but I do like the pickup. I, Damian Lillard has been rotten in in Detroit. And I think that is a great pickup for Portland, especially when you think about trying to build a team around a, a competent team around Damian Lillard. Uh, number two, I like the uh, Atlanta trading for Dejounte Murray. Now, I will say one of the biggest reasons why this is not number one, and actually, even though it is number two, I was a little hesitant in putting it on the list, is because I still don't know how this they're going to how Dejounte Murray and Trey Young are going to play together. Dejounte Murray it does not, at least he hasn't had to, but doesn't we haven't seen him thrive off the ball. We definitely haven't seen Trey Young thrive off the ball, and they're both going to have to play with each other. The reason why I have a number two, though, is because they're two all-stars. You know, DeJounte Murray's in the prime of his career, or not even in the prime, like elevating to his prime. You know, him and Trey Young are still both very young, and when you lock up a backcourt like that, you know, you're working with something. And he was one of the best players available via trade of course there's we still <laughs> see what's gonna happen with Kyrie and, and KD but nobody knew going into this offseason that KD was gonna be available for trade but he was one of the no, names that we definitely knew was was sprinkling around of you know DeJounte Murray could be traded or we still need to know what's gonna happen with John Collins but if they keep John Collins this is gonna be a great I think it's a good move I still I still need to see what DeJounte Murray and Trey Young look like together because one person gonna have to play off the ball and I don't I don't know how that's gonna work 
Uh, but I do like them getting a young all-star in DeJounte Murray. And number one, Malcolm Brogdon to the Celtics. Look, I have been very adamant in saying that if Boston had a point guard that can control the pace of the game, that can get easy buckets for uh, Jason Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, that they would have won the NBA Finals. You, damn, you saw... A lot of times in the NBA Finals, when things got sped up, when things got sporadic, Boston started taking bad shots. Uh, Marcus Smart, was he, he's not a shot creator for other people. He's a shot creator for himself, but not for other people. If Malcolm Brogdon can stay healthy, because that is, that is now a label that he has developed. If, if Malcolm Brogdon can stay healthy, I think that the Celtics should be the clear-cut favorite to at least make it to the NBA Finals again. We need to see a development with Jalen Brown as far as his decision-making. I don't know how many times. I I tweeted about this jokingly, but, yo, how many times does a player have to try to split or try to spin out of a double team and get it stolen for them to think to themselves, you know, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But – I think that, you know, Mal- the, the presence of Malcolm Brogdon will create easy shots for Jalen Brown, easier shots for Jason Tate. I'm not saying that they still won't dominate the ball, but in times of crisis, you need a Chris Paul. You need a Malcolm Brogdon to slow everything down and, and get easy buckets for everybody else. So I think that was a slam dunk. And if he's able to stay healthy, I have bought the Boston Celtics making it to the NBA Finals again if everything stays the way it stays. So those are my five best free agency moves. Again, I didn't want to talk about the re-signees because that can dominate the list. you know. Um, and when I say re-signees, I mean like Zach Levine getting the max extension, Nicole Yoki signing the biggest contract in NBA history, uh, Bradley Bill, two hundred and fifty-one million, I think. Like, I didn't want to. I didn't want to talk about that. I want to talk about some of the transactions. So those are the five best moves. Ooh, five of the worst. Now again, these are my opinion. I'll just say that. And first, uh, let's start. And again, these are the worst. My worst moves. Let's start with number five. Dallas paying Javale McGee. How many, Dallas paid JaVale McGee. Give me a second. Let me. Dallas paid JaVale McGee three, three years, $17.2 million. Now, on paper, that's not a lot. Three years, $17.2 million, that's not a lot. But if you really look at it, Dallas has Dwight Powell. Dallas has Maxi Kleber. Dallas also traded for Christian Wood. How much of a how much of a role is JaVel McGee really gonna play? Not to mention the fact that you gave him most of your your mid-level exception money. That just doesn't make sense to me. He's also 37. Now we talked about JaVel, I mean we talked about um we talked about PJ Tucker being an uh, 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 he's thirty seven as well, but we also talked about they don't really need him for his athleticism. They need him for his toughness and defense. Javale McGee thrives on his athleticism, and he's thirty seven. And again, what are you going to do when you have Christian Wood, Dwight Powell, Maxi Kleber, especially when uh, 
Most of those players shoot, and JaVale McGee does not. I just don't understand that. I, I get, I'm not saying JaVale McGee is a bad player, but I just don't understand why Dallas made that move after getting Christian Wood and after having what they have, especially when they're already dealing with a limited amount of money with the mid-level or taxpayer mid-level exception, and you give most of that to JaVale McGee. I don't get it. I don't get it. That's pretty bad on my opinion. So that's number five. Number four. <laughs> my, no- <laughs> my number four just says Miles Bridges. Let me talk to you right quick, Miles Bridges. <clears throat> um, I don't know if anybody's told you this. But you don't, you want to start, if you're going to start wilding, if you're going to start wilding, you start wilding after the contract, not before the contract. Don't get me wrong, bro. The allegations that we saw or the allegations that he has tied to him with his uh, wife, in the domestic violence, that is, if, if if that turns out to be true, that is terrible. That is sick. I'm never advocating anybody to participate in domestic violence. That is not me. I don't, I don't agree with that in the slightest. But let's just, let's just uh, map out the offseason that Miles Bridges has had. Miles Bridges, who over top of all this, is hoping to get a max contract this year. Miles Bridges has been seen on video looking like that he has a lean type substance in a cup. Which, for people that don't know, is against the law. It's also even worse when you're an NBA player. That's one. And then, of course, the domestic violence stuff with his with his wife. I say Miles Bridges because he, in my opinion, has cost himself a boatload of money. Do I think that he's going to get paid by somebody? Yes. But he has cost himself an enormous amount of money. My G, if you're going to while out, do it after the contract has been signed, bro. Not before. Also, if it is true, do not put your hands on women. Especially your wife, bro. But even, it doesn't matter. Don't put your hands on women, man. So, number four, I just, is, is Miles Bridges. Number three is Golden State losing Gary Payton the second, Otto Porter Jr., and Juan Toscano Anderson. More so Gary Payton the second and Otto Porter. We see how important both Gary Payton the second and Otto Porter was for this team in the playoffs. I mean, Otto Porter hit some really big shots. I mean, every series, honestly. But he was, you know, Otto Porter was huge for the Western Conference Finals going against Dallas. He was also he also hit some really big shots. And he was one of the most clutch players for clutch players for Golden State in the finals. And we know with Gary Payton, the second's defense, even though he did, you know, fracture his arm or fracture his elbow against Memphis, 
how important he was coming back in the finals and playing defense against a Jalen Brown. And sometimes even getting switched on, you know, Marcus Smart getting switched on Jason Tatum. Losing that is huge because, I mean, yes, they did get uh, Dante DiVincenzo, who's a better, who's a good shooter. Uh, he's a, he's an athletic defender, but he's also comes with the label if healthy because he has, hasn't been too healthy uh, recently. I just think that's huge, man. I don't think that that's going to derail Golden State, but those are two huge pieces. Huge three, honestly, because Juan Toscato Anderson, he's also an athletic young player. I, now, I also understand why you're okay with doing that. When you have Moses Moody, when you have um, Jonathan Kaminga, when you have James Wiseman, you're hoping that they're able to develop. And if they're able to develop, then you don't, you know, if, if, if I don't know, Moody is able to develop into the defender anywhere close to the defender that Gary Payton II is. And, of course, we know Moody is a better offensive weapon than Gary the Payton II. Then we understand. Then we understand. If Jonathan Kaminga can be a better auto porter, especially defensively, especially athletically, then you understand. You're, that's what they're hoping for. And if it, if it doesn't happen, these players, if that doesn't happen, if Moody – James Wiseman and Jonathan Kaminga don't develop, then you can just kiss Golden State's future goodbye because that's what they're banking on, which I understand. They're all top. You know, they're all lottery picks. James Wiseman being a second overall pick. So that's what you're hoping for. But in the immediate future, uh, losing Gary Payton the second, Otto Porter Jr. and Wanda Scott Anderson was big to me. Number two, the Knicks and Mitchell Robinson contract. Now you probably think I you probably thought I was gonna go with you probably thought I was gonna go with uh, Jalen Brunson. No, the Knicks signing him to a four year, sixty million dollar deal. Now, um, shouts out to uh, I think it's the Bill Simmons podcast. Sometimes you have to ask yourself, who are you bidding against? When healthy, and I, I feel like that you know that's going to be the title of this episode. When healthy, because because that's that is the the underlining uh, theme of this episode. When healthy, Mitchell Robinson is a great energy player for for New York, but he has not been healthy in the slightest since he's been in the league. And you're paying him sixty million. It's not the fact that you're paying him four years sixty million. That's not a lot, but. When you look at a player like Kevon Looney, right? Kevon Looney received $25.5 million. Robert Williams, like, like 48. Who are you bidding against to think that Mr. Robinson is worth $60 million? Mr. Robinson, who hasn't really been on the floor like that. I just don't understand it. I'm never going to be... I'm never going to advocate someone not to get their money. Shout out to them. But I just don't know who you're bidding against. Like, it doesn't make sense. And number one, I did a whole episode about this last episode. Well, I did a majority of an episode about this last episode. So I'm not going to go into detail. But Minnesota trading for Rudy Gobert. I'm just going to make this short. You you gave up such a huge haul for a player that is not good outside the paint. And he's not good anywhere offensively outside of catching lobs. But he's not good out the paint perimeter defense-wise. Now, I understand, you know, his defensive player of the year status and everything. 
but he's not a good perimeter defender. He's not good at uh, switches. He's terrible. He does not have an offensive package at all. And you trade that much, and you're also trading him on the same team that has Carl Anthony Towns that just signed a max extension, making him, I think, the highest annual salaried player in the league. That's the, and you're paying like $400 million for two bigs. This Look, I'm not going to go into it again. If you want to go check out how I truly feel in depth, go watch last episode. But this isn't the Spurs. This isn't Tim Duncan and David Robinson. I know that's what they're, they're, they're going to try to sell us on. But no, no, no. So those have been my five worst free agency moves. Leave in the comments. Let me know what some of your best moves were. Let me know what some of the worst moves that you think are. I definitely love to hear from you. I'll talk to you guys about it. Moving forward. Uh, I wanted to say shouts out before I go to uh, Sandra Douglas Morgan being the first black uh, team president, first black woman to be a team president of an NFL team, which is the Vegas Raiders. Now, we know the Vegas Raiders, they're famous for being um, advancing the culture, you know, being an advocate for being different, being an advocate for minorities. Now, we also know they have messed up some of the PR things with the whole... uh, I'm not going to talk about it. But the Raiders have been great in terms of advancing the culture, and and I I do want to shout her out, Sandra Douglas Morgan. I do like how a lot of African-American women, while they know that they're trailblazers and some of the things that they do like this, they don't want it to be, you know, you're the first black woman, you're the first black this. They say you you are, you know, a D, that she is the team president. Like, that's incredible. And I, I do I do want to shout her out. Also, I want, well, shouts out Sandra Douglas Morgan for becoming the first black woman president of an NFL team, which is the Vegas Raiders. And also, I want to shout out, uh, this happened a while ago, but I completely didn't talk about it. I want to shout out to uh, Mike Greer being the first black NHL manager uh, for the San Diego Sharks, I think. Um, Definitely well-deserved for Sandra and for Mike. Definitely, definitely well-deserved. And thank you for advancing the culture for African-Americans. This is definitely a huge step, and hopefully it's it's the first step, not the only step. So, shouts out to Sandra Douglas Morgan and shouts out to Mike Greer. And I don't like doing this, but unfortunately I'm going to end on a... Mm. So, we're at the unpopular unpopular pot topic of the day. And this is pretty much coming off the heels of the details that are coming out about Vince McMahon and some of the things that he was doing behind the scenes. Vince McMahon, for people that don't know, uh, is pretty much the owner, I think, and president of, or is the owner, was the president, I think, of the WWE organization. And we know or we're hearing about a lot of the sexual allegations that he had against with former 
staff members of the WWE. So my unpopular unpopular topic of the day is simple. I think if owners, whether it's an owner of an organization like WWE, whether it's the owner of a team like the Washington Commanders, if it's, I think if an owner has any off the field situations like this, talking about sexual allegations, talking about anything like this, they should have to. There shouldn't have to be a. There shouldn't have to be a uh, vote. They should have to sell whatever the whatever they own. Meaning, Dan Snyder should have to sell the Washington Commanders. Vince McMahon has to sell the the W the WWE. Now, I understand the argument. How are you going to tell someone that owns something that you have to sell something? Yo. In order for something to change, something also has to change. I don't know how many stories has to come out about Dan Snyder. I don't know how many stories and allegations have to come out about these owners for them to for 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 things to change. You you understand do you I don't think leagues, sports. I don't think sports understand why. You can look it up too. This isn't just me talking. Why women the 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 trust that women have in sports at an all time low. Now and this is coming off the heels of you know equal pay for soccer and hell Sandra Douglas Morgan like the fact that the owner of a football team the owner of the WWE has these. Disgusting allegations. And it's, and I, bro, there's emails. There's proof of this stuff. I'm not going to elaborate on it, but I think that if an owner of a team and or of an owner, if an owner of an organization, whatever, has any should be forced to sell a team if they have allegations like sex or they have any type of sexual allegations like that because one is not a good look on the sport it's not a good look on the organization like think about that let's just talk let's just look at the dan steiner situation right every single time something happens good for the organization for instance they just signed terry mclaurin to an extension of course, you hear a lot of congratulations to Terry McLaurin, but you also, the, the news also spreads to, well, then what about Dan Snyder? I don't watch, I don't, I'm, I'm not a big wrestling fan. I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say that I am. I used to. I used to be big, you know, Stone Cold, Undertaker, The Rock, uh, Kane, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, and D-Generation X. I used to be huge in that, but I'm not a huge WWE fan now. But one thing that I do know is there's a reason why a lot of people are talking about the WWE right now, and it's not good. Not good at all. I mean, I did a couple of some research. They're not even they not just with the whole Vince McMahon thing, but they're having problems with the the women cast that they have. Sasha Banks. So, bruh, if you're an owner and you have sexual alleg- sexual assault, sexual misconduct allegations, if you have 
uh, racist allegations, i.e., some things that happened with John Gruden, which is crazy how they got John. I know I understand he's a coach, but they got John Gruden out of here so fast for racist remarks. But they, for some reason, they are the slowest of slow on their feet when it's coming about Dan Snyder. And again, I also understand that one is an owner and one is a coach. But my G. All I'm saying is this. If you're an owner of an organization, of a team, of an anything, and you have some sexual allegation come out about you, you should be forced to sell the team, sell the organization. And there you have it. That's been today's episode of the Impopular Podcast. I appreciate you guys. If you want Impopular Podcast shirt, hoodie, sweater, long sleeve joggers, link is in the description below. Go get your Unpopular Podcast merch today. It looks good. I have multiple different colors, multiple different varieties. Whatever you want, I got you. Just click on the link and I got you. Also, please subscribe to wherever you're listening. Please subscribe to wherever you're watching. I'm trying to get the algorithms going and I need you guys' help. Please share. Please comment. Please like. Even if you're on a DSPs, please rate. It means a lot. I'm trying to get more people to come and experience the Unpopular Podcast. If you enjoy the Unpopular Podcast, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. It definitely means a lot. And until next time, much love. our lives it's only you it's only me it's only us at the end of the night i remember when you couldn't tell me a thing now you talk so much it drives me insane but you got you something great so what can i say to you but i'm off that had to fall back you got everybody thinking i'm all bad I was always holding you down You down Baby, what we see what is this for this girl What is love? What's that? Love, what is love? Would you believe it if I told you all about it? About how pressure just keep adding up then we just get mad and fuck. We was living fast as fuck. Girls don't get me high enough. All these people always lying about something. I'm sorry, I'm so fly, so what? Fuck, I'ma be sorry for it. I was town zeros. I'm a hometown hero. Niggas, green like CeeLo. These niggas do anything for some C notes. At what cost? Hit Mercedes, buy some free cars. I know, this nigga's worse off Maybe my sense of reality is turned off Who the fuck knows, I just make songs Who am I to sound how this shit goes That's sarcasm by the way You wanna be my equal 
screaming to the hell This shit don't add up You don't even know the man Who said it's gonna even last? Sometimes I wanna beat your ass But you know I won't do that I'm sorry I said that, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah Swear the fame ain't changed shit, but who am I? You see the pattern, can you think a nigga blowing time? Is your blood? What we see ain't what it seems for this girl. What is love? What's that? What is love? Girl, what we see ain't what it seems for this girl. What is love? Here we go again.